Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Rat Folk race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races, and right now we're on the featured races. This is this is make me wonder why are only some anthropomorphic races folk and other like have real names? Like you got rat folk, cat folk. How come Tengu aren't bird folk? How come Kitsune aren't fox folk? I don't understand why this disconnect. Well, I know, I know Kitsune is part of folklore, so that exists outside of the game. And it, it has the word folk in folk it. Is. Uh, and I don't know about Tengu. Oh, they do. They, they, I sure, think they're also... I'm sure a minimal amount of research would answer that question. Now, <laughs> Christian, ask me if I'm willing to do that research. Caleb, would you do research for this podcast? The answer is no, Christian. The answer is no. I'll tell you what. I'll make a solemn oath between you for uh, with you listening and with you as my witness for the listeners. When we get to Tangu, I will answer the question definitively where Tangu comes from. But uh, we're here to talk about the rat folk. I like cat folk a lot, so let's see. Maybe, maybe am I? There's two ways I can go about this. I can either love the, the rat folk, or they could be like my arch nemesis. Where are we gonna go with this? I don't know. We're starting off on a bad foot because they're already small. Yep, I, you you beat me to the punchline. You, you already outjoked my joke. That's that's the hint that they are not medium creatures. But let's let's see. Actually, of all the small creatures, rat folk for me makes the most sense. I'm not gonna bother with it. It's not gonna upset me. I'm not upset, Christian. I'm not upset. At least like a halfling, it's literally just a small person. It's a childlike person. It's you know a vertically challenged. But I hate person. children, so that's exactly rat folk. At least they have a reason to be small, and it's like something that like. I can see you being like, I, I don't understand, like, I want to be a short person, like, who who wants to do that? But, like, I want to be a rat. Okay, that makes sense. Rats are small. If you want to be a rat, you can do it now. When I was a kid, I hated children. <laughs> wow. I remember going. <laughs> Caleb has always been in the wrong generation. <laughs> I remember my aunt being like, Caleb, you are a kid. I'm like, I just hate kids. Just uh, My entire extended family knew it. I just don't like kids. They annoy me. They bother me. They're weird. Caleb was an old soul wearing trousers and work clothes. Maybe I was just, maybe I'm just a lifelong prick. That's a possibility too. Let's talk about the rat folk. Rat folk are about four feet tall and weigh 80 pounds. Hey, wait. Physical description. I usually give those things separately. What have you done to me? They often wear robes to stay cool in the desert or conceal their forms in cities. As they know, other humanoids find their rodent features distasteful. Racist humanoids. Rat folk have a strong attraction to shiny jewelry. Okay, well now who's racist? Especially copper, bronze, and gold. And many decorate their ears and tails with small rings made of such metals. They are known to train giant rats, which they often use as pack animals and mounts. Rats on rats on rats on rats. And I'm a rat summoner, swarm summoner who summons rats. Ratception. You know, the top never stops spinning. They, um, as it already told you about their, their poundage. Uh, but they, let's <laughs> Please don't use that descriptor word, Caitlin. <laughs> poundage? You don't like poundage? <laughs> their weight. Is that better for you? <laughs> it's better than poundage. I like it. Poundage is fine. Uh, let's talk about their, their, um their age however they reach adult at 12 years old middle-aged at 20 old at 30 venerable at 40 and they can live up to 60 years old i like it. i like those nice round numbers believe it or not this is exactly the same as the orc mm-hmm. and the kobold and the goblin so hitting with the you know two of the other smaller races you you, pa- you paused when you said they reach adulthood at 12 years 
And I really thought you were going to say, and that's it. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> they really live to the rat stereotype. So let's get right to it. Rat folk are agile and clever, yet physically weak. They have a plus two to dex, plus two to intelligence, and minus two to strength. Seems like a fair layout. Yeah, that's very common for small races. Uh, rat folks are humanoids with the rat folk subtype. Well, they get their own subtype. Ooh. They're small, so they get all the crap that comes with being small. They are slow for being small creatures, and they have a base speed of 20 feet. Ooh, another thumbs down. My other big reason I don't like playing small races. Uh, I want to run in and stab and stuff. How can I stab and stuff if I can't get there in time? <laughs> and then I can't level you up enough, and you fall behind with the rest of the party. Right now I'm playing Shining Force 2. It happens all the time. I've got like a move speed of 4. Oh, I'm in the mountain. I guess I'm just going to move one space at a time. The rest of my, my team's out there killing everything. They're leveling up to 27, and poor Billy's at level 5. There's no Billy in that game. I, I desperately came up with a name, and then Billy came to mind. I'm a failure. <laughs> However, languages. They begin play speaking common. They have a high intelligence score. They can choose Aklo, Draconic, Dwarven, Knoll, Gnome, Goblin, Halfling, Orc, and Undercommon. Undercommon makes sense. They're going to be in the underground. They might run into some drow. I'm surprised they don't get their own language. They have their own subtype, but they don't get their own language. Catfolk get their own language. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Huh. I wonder if Tengu get their own language. Ratfolk have the Tinker racial trait. They get a plus two racial bonus on craft alchemy, perception, and use magic device checks. Whoa, those last two, incredibly powerful. Definitely. So I guess they want to be alchemists, which is really kind of like a, what they thought they were doing with the kobold, but okay, fine, all right. Rodent Empathy, they gain a plus four bonus on handle animal checks made to influence rodents. The most common check. <laughs> but I do like the idea that rat folk are, that rats aren't going to run away from rat folk. Ooh, this next trait is very interesting. Probably one of the most like definitive, like unique traits we've seen in a long time. Ratfolk get swarming. Ratfolk are used to living and fighting communally and are adept at swarming foes for their own gain and their foes' detriment. Up to two ratfolk can share the same square at the same time. If two ratfolk in the same square attack the same foe, they are considered to be flanking that foe as if they were in two opposite squares. Very interesting for any sort of long as you have at least two ratfolk in a party. Yeah, it, it, I like things that like encourage you to build a party composition like this encourages you to have multiple rat folk and make rat folk more of a sub theme so that the players right. that are rat folk the gm can focus on them more because they're obviously more of a factor in the game right and you guys like you can be like okay well we gotta be some sort of melee character so we can get this flanking bonus we'll get in there and i just really like that idea they get dark vision so they can see perfectly in the dark up to 60 feet so that's base rat folk not terrible i'm not super excited but swarming is definitely really cool However, they have alternate racial traits in case you don't like the ones that are there. I don't want them to replace swarming. I know that you should mentally because it's like, well, what if I'm a ranged character? I just don't care. Or if I'm not with other rat folk, but I like it so much. I just don't want to replace, but we'll see what happens. Well, sorry to disappoint you, Caleb, but the first alternate racial trait is cornered fury, which replaces swarming. No. Rat folk can fight viciously when cut off from friends and allies. Whenever a rat folk with this racial trait is reduced to half or fewer of his hit points, and has no conscious ally within 30 feet, he gains a plus two racial bonus on melee attack rolls and to their AC. Interesting. Um, interesting. I, I think that's a fine replacement for swarming if you don't have another rat folk to swarm with. Unfortunately, it it still wants you to kind of be melee because it wants yeah. you to be taking a lot of damage. I, I guess, no, it's just melee, a bonus on melee rolls. So it's not really switching that up for you. If you were trying to replace Swarming because you're a ranged character or a magic character, it's not helping you. 
it is a bit of a shame because their spread being plus two dex, plus two int, minus two strength, doesn't really lend them well to any melee class. I don't. I can't think of a single melee class that's like, oh yeah, int, give me that int bonus. Right. They had the scent alternate racial trait. Some rat folk have much more strongly developed senses of smell instead of keen eyes and ears. These rat folk have the scent ability, but take a minus two penalty on all perception checks based primarily on sight or hearing. This racial trait replaces Tinker. Mm, I don't know. I feel like most of my checks are not nose, but I mean, if I'm going a specific, if I'm specifically saying I'm going to be a smeller, I'm going to use it a lot. Well, they specifically get the scent ability, like the full shebang. Like usually we saw like the orcs got like scent at like half effectiveness or like half the range of scent. They do get full scent ability. So like they effectively can see invisible people from level one. Mm. The next alternate racial trait is Skulk. Some ratfolk can blend easily into their environments and move with surprising grace. Ratfolk gain a plus two racial bonus on stealth checks, and they take only a minus five penalty on stealth checks made to hide from creatures they have distracted with a bluff check, rather than the normal minus ten. This replaces Tinker. Um, I like Tinker so much, but if you want to be a... This makes, like, pointing behind someone and hiding possible. Normally it's very, very difficult, but this makes it much more possible. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm glad I've learned that that's a thing. Yeah, there's a, I think it's a move action or a standard action, I forget which. You can make a bluff check to distract someone and then make a stealth check to hide from them. Um, rat folk are already small creatures, so they have the, you know, they get the plus two dexterity. They have the being small bonus to stealth, and then this gives them a further bonus to stealth. You can be a very, very stealthy character like this. Their last alternate racial trait is called unnatural. Some rat folk unnerve normal animals and train to defend themselves against the inevitable attacks from such creatures. They take a minus four penalty on all charisma-based skill checks to affect creatures of the animal type and receive a plus two dodge bonus to AC against animals. An animal starting attitude towards rat folk is one step worse than normal. This replaces rodent empathy. I actually kind of like this because personally in my games, uh, you know, using the very specific, you know, rules to influence animals and such, I, I, I'm just not as strict about. And so I would find myself, especially at lower levels, using that plus two against animals uh, more. <laughs> so what you're saying is like you, you like to peeve off animals. No, what I'm saying is a lot of the beasts that are for levels like one through four are animals. And I don't find myself very often go, can I make a uh, diplomacy check against this rodent? It's just not happening a lot in my games. You can make a handle animal check, Caleb. Whatever, rules. <laughs> so these guys get two racial archetypes. The Gulch Gunner which is a gunslinger archetype, and the Plaguebringer, which is an alchemist archetype, which I think these are both arts of, and actually look really, really cool. The rat folk look awesome in the book. They look terrible on the on the wiki here. <laughs> it's just like a rat. Oh, that's always a rat. Rat folk look really cool. I love the artist of this book. He's just on fire, especially with the Ifrit's hey But just like the cat folk, guess what? Rat folk, not supported in any other book. Now... Recently, there was a, um, a softcover book that's so thin, it's like 10 pages long. But it actually does uh, give you some bonus stuff for the cat folk and the rat folk and for the other anthropomorphized races. So, yay, finally. But up until very, very, very recently, just like the cat folk, these guys are completely unsupported. I guess people What's don't that like one them? called? Like Blood of the Beast or something? Sure, I believe you. Yes. <laughs> Confidently, yes. Yes, it is a Pathfinder player companion called blood of the beast it has exactly 32 pages one of them which is an ad 
and it's for the Catfolk, the Gripply, the Katsune, the Nagaji, I can't pronounce that, I'm sure we'll get to that later, Ratfolk, Tengu, and Venaris. So uh, beyond that, why don't we talk about uh, their feats, but before we do that, Christian, I want to tell these guys about our other podcast. Oh, which one? There's so many. Well, we only have one other one, so there is not so many. Oh, yeah, let's do that. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games while listening to the speech made by some GM named Martin Luther King. I'm not quite clear how any of this relates to RPGs, though. Well, Caleb, I'm not sure when he says character, he's talking about the kind of character that you're thinking of. Hey, but do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice and join us. Alright Christian, I think I get it now. He's saying we're supposed to judge our fellow players by the content of their character sheet, not the color of their orc or elvish skin. Oh, Caleb, I'm not sure that you'll ever understand. Alright, so let's talk about their feats. They only get three. Well, that's disappointing. Well, maybe they're just fantastic. Let's, let's find out. <laughs> So the first one is going to be part of a chain, and it's called Sharp Claw. There's no special prerequisites other than being a rat folk. You gain two claw attacks. These are primary natural attacks that deal 1d4 points of damage. For natural weapon builds, that's not bad. That's actually, 1d4 is like basically 1d6 for small creatures, and it's two primary natural attacks, so you get two attacks at level one. That's pretty good. It's something we've seen with the cat folk. We're going to see with the Tengu. I'm not sure if we're going to see with the Gripplies or not, or the Venaras, but they like to give these anthropomorphized characters, or races, I should say, natural attacks so that you can build it into something. They've never been, like, as good as if you were a werewolf and just had the claws, but they are, uh, they're giving you that there at least to try to build on it. Because there's always various different ways you can do this through different classes and um, archetypes to help you do this. So I'm glad it's at least here to help you out. So before we get to the second part of this chain, there's actually going to be another prerequisite. So let's cover that up. And that's called Tunnel Rat. Let's not cover that up. Let's cover it. If we cover it up, then you'll <laughs> never hear about it. You are a master of fighting in confined spaces. You need to be a rat folk, and you need to have the swarming racial trait. You count as one size smaller than normal for the purpose of squeezing. That by itself, to me, seems useless unless we're doing a campaign that's just constantly in... That sort of underground area. I'm not very often using getting my players to use the squeezing rules and needing to have, you know, count me as one size smaller even though I'm already a small creature. You count as one size smaller than normal for the purpose of the squeezing and you might as well be playing mouse guard. I know what that... <laughs> I get that reference, Christian. To it's, that board game? It's it's a mouse It's a mouse RPG where you're, you're actually mice in, like, what? normal size world. That sounds cute. But yeah, I... I not only do I don't think this is good mechanically, 
I don't like it because it basically, if you are the only person in your party who is A, small, B, has his feet, you're going to be splitting off from the party a lot for your GM to justify you taking this. Sure. A good way for you GMs immediately comes to my mind to help reward your player if he has chosen this is to have like a little thing that goes off and doesn't go off into a whole new area of the dungeon, but just into like a little secret room in the side where they store some magical items. You know, they're just everywhere. <laughs> everywhere they go, they're just wow, another one. Another <laughs> little cubby in the wall. No, and then make the items bigger than that can fit through that hole. <laughs> a plus ninety nine plate mail. <laughs> What's it doing here? <laughs> so these two feats combine and become stronger, and they are the prerequisites for the next feat, burrowing teeth. You have teeth and claws that suit you well to digging. You gain a burrow speed equal to half your base speed. You can burrow through sand, dirt, clay, gravel, or other similar materials, but not solid stone. You do not leave a hole behind, nor is your passage marked on the surface. Again, I I really like this. It is definitely a really weird chain to have to take because you now have to be something that utilizes natural attacks and you now have that awkward squeezing feet and now you can burrow though which is you know i always think that's powerful yeah i hate that they make you pick two things that you might not use for it though i understand you need to balance the burrow in some way you can't just be like burrowing just for a feet yeah it's interesting because actually since those are the only two prerequisites you can get this as early as like level five which is, that's a really low level to get Burrow. I think that's like the earliest you could possibly... Oh, wait, no. Never mind. Spellcasters can get Burrow at level 5. It's like you're a Spellcaster. Oh my goodness, Caitlin. <laughs> this is obviously broken. Ratfolk only have one piece of mundane gear, and that is the Ratfolk Tailblade, which will turn your, your little tail into a natural attack. I shouldn't say a natural attack. It should let you use it as a weapon. The Tailblade attacks just 1d3, and it doesn't count as a natural attack. Uh, I guess... At at first level, it'll give you something. I'm not sure what more you can do with it. I'm sorry, 1d2, because you're a small creature. Okay, so here's, here's an idea. You, you you take that feat that gives you two claw attacks, mm-hmm. and then you can attack with your tail in addition to that. So you have three attacks. Two natural, one manufactured. 2d4, 1d2, it's not a lot. Plus your strength modifier, if you're a ratfolk barbarian, that adds up. <laughs> or a ratfolk fighter. Now I have to build the ratfolk barbarian that has a little tail blade. I, oh, I love building small races as, like, strong martial characters. It's very fun. <laughs> so they got some magic items. One of the most interesting is the cape, the cap of human guise. And it's a little cap that makes you uh, go under the effects of a disguise self-spell, but only to appear as some mundane person. You can't be anyone specific. Just like, oh, I'm just another person walking down the street. Oh, I'm just another blacksmith-looking dude. And it's got to be small. So it's a human child or a... Uh, adult halfling or a gnome or something like that but peasant class disguise it is 800 gold and i think that's a pretty cheap thing to for what it does so another one of their items is the pipes of the warren guardian this is a slotless item you can just carry it around and it costs six thousand gold these finely crafted yellow ivory pipes are bound in bronze and decorated with bits of amber if the possessor learns the proper tune, once per day he can use these pipes to summon 1d4 plus 1 dire rats as if using summon monster 3. These dire rats also have the swarming racial trait and count as rat folk for the purposes of the rat folk's swarming racial trait. I think that is incredibly flavorful and really cool. You know what else is really cool about that? Since they count as rat folk, you're going to be another one of those dire rats. You know why? 
because there's an, another item that costs also 6,000 called the Cloak of the Scuttling Rat, and that turns you into a dire rat, as in T-shape <laughs> one. So now you're one of those dire rats, and you're having fun, you're gnawing on stuff. This sounds like an amazing, like, enemy NPC that just, like, summons rats, becomes a rat, and you're like, which one do we kill? And he always gets away because the GM <laughs> fiat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you want to continue on this natural attack build, you can get a ring of rat fangs. And you get a bite attack as a primary natural attack that deals 1d4 points of piercing damage. Or one, uh, 1d3 points for a small creature like you are. Huh. So If, actually you, if that... you wear this for a week or more, you be, you look more like a rat. You get some more of the features of a rat. So rat folks just like, well, I look the same. Human, you look kind of weird. Maybe you should leave my items to me and stop stealing my stuff, huh? How about that? <laughs> and it's 5,000 gold. So a uh, uh, low-level rat folk natural weapon build could have... A bite, two claws, and a tail attack. That's, you know, that's actually pretty good for, uh... Usually you have to be, like, if you're not this bestial race, you typically have to go, like, the barbarian route and take the totems that are like, you get a gore attack, you get sure. a bite attack, you so on and so forth. You don't have to expend any resources as a rat folk, really. Except your precious, precious feats. It's almost better than I think what cat folk can do at low levels. I'm not even sure at high levels if they can compete or not. I'm pretty sure the cat, the cat folk only got their two claw attacks in terms of natural weapons. And those are the interesting magic items. They do have a couple. They have uh, more, but that's what's interesting. And that's our rat folk friends. As you can see, things are starting to slim down a little bit as we get towards the end of the feature race to get to the more uncommon races. So, Christian, what do you think about this uh, this race? Probably one of my preferred small races. I think the rat folk is very flavorful. I don't think they're particularly mechanically weak, which is my problem with most of the small races. Um, I th I think they're interesting, and I would definitely build rat folk. Um, I don't really have as much a problem with them as I do, say, the halfling or the gnome. I agree with you completely. They are definitely, I, I think I kind of want to make a little rat folk now. I like the idea of a rat folk, and the art inspires me as I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very superficial person, where I just get inspiration from, oh, this is aesthetically pleasing? Yeah, but Caleb, like, mechanically, it's it's the worst thing in the game. I'm sorry, I have a fire cape, so I'll be doing it now. Thank you very much. Caleb, the fire cape doesn't do it. I have a fire cape. So I, I like the look of them, and that, that, that convinces me as well. This is not like just, oh, hello, crap, Rachel traits. Everything's cool. There's not a lot to pick from is the only kind of drawback here. So next we have the Sylph, which we've done the fire elemental theme person. We've done the earth elemental theme person. So now we're going to the air, the Sylphs. Ooh, interesting. Mysterious. <laughs> Let's see if they're as good as the rest of the, uh, the ones we've gone through so far. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. make love to my wife tonight. Oh, well, um, uh, next time I'll, uh... You know, I don't even know if I love her anymore. I don't really know her. Like, what am I gonna do? Someone should tell Jacob that people change, and it takes effort to stay connected with someone. But in the meantime, the fellows at Tales from the Lich always stay connected through gaming and friendship. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Hey, uh, ha happy Valentine's Day.